There's been all sorts of great guests and different topics that we've covered in the latest series of the KTM Summer Grill. Hope you've enjoyed it so far. Greg Rust, Andrew Van Leeuwen and Dan Herrera with you for this edition. And we wanted to zero in on one of the emerging forces in the supercars pit lane. That is the rise of Grove Racing or Penrite Racing as we know them. Boys, what a year it was for them in, in 2023. A fantastic finish for a bright new star in Matt Payne. Absolutely. And like... What a guy to have in the championship. Firstly, like, what a pick from the Groves because, yep. you know, I think Dan will probably talk a, a little bit more about this. You know, he had – he was obviously always very fast, but there were some kind of ropey signs when he was in Super 2. They tried to bring him into the main game last year but quickly realised that he just wasn't ready mm. for that. Um, big punt on that basis. Big punt. Like, yeah, right to, I mean, see that, to see that potential. I, I think reflecting on if we, you know, if we fast forward where we are right now with the guy as a race winner, that was an amazing decision to mm. not throw him in the main game too early when maybe his confidence wasn't quite where it needed to be and his race craft wasn't quite working in these cars as well as it needed to. Um, you know, so he had that extra year in Super 2. He's coming to the championship. There's no signs of that guy that was just wrecking cars and all that sort of stuff. Like, he is just... A professional through and through, mm. massively exciting talent, and like you just have to admire a team that can pick someone like that mm. um, and take that punt and have it work out. Like that's a cool story. Dan, can we get some observations from you on on him just before we move on to the team more broadly? I mean, great part of his story as a, as a as a little kid, he would be uh, you know, playing with toy cars in the sand at the beach with his great mate in, in Liam Lawson. Look where Liam Lawson is has headed in his career. When you talk to Liam, he rates Matt Payne very, very highly. So to see him now achieving these sorts of results at signature events in supercars, he's absolutely arrived and with a good framework around him there at, at, at Groves. Yeah, and it's almost by chance he got here because he had to switch focus when the pandemic happened and and come back to this part of the world. Um, it's a great find by Grove, and he's only had a, what is he now, three or four years racing cars, and he's already a, a race winner at the top level of supercars. And, yeah, he, he's a real superstar in the making. He just seems unflappable. Um, mm. He had he had that tough year. He came in, you know, midway through 2021 and pretty much hit everything and they did have to hold him back a year but and throw Lee Holdsworth in there, but it's really paid dividends now. And and you could even see it during this 2023 season. The, the car speed wasn't there for that team. They had a real mm. slump mid-year drop to 10th in the team's championship at one point. But he was doing all the right things. He wasn't bending the cars. Mm. He was bringing it back straight. He was, you know, matching it with David Reynolds, who is a, a Bathurst winner and... And a really solid driver. So, and now we've seen him. He's done that Brock Feeney thing. He's won the final race of his rookie season. Season, yeah. Can we come to Dave Reynolds now? I mean, a podium at the Gold Coast, uh, 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 one that we watched with the, the craziness um, mm. from from him. Um, similar fun stuff at, at at Adelaide. He's going at an interesting time because that team has has uh, has arrived. I'm very sure that in a quiet moment he will be thinking, "Have I actually made the right call here?" Mm. There's reasons behind the decision that he made to leave that team. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted to offer him a one-year deal um, and he wanted the stability of a multi-year deal because he fully understands that he's at... Where he's at. He's, yeah. he's closer yeah. to the end of his career than the start of it. Mm. He's got a young family, so he's looking at his earning potential and, you know, how does he set the rest of his life up. Um, so I think it's understandable from that point of view. 
Um, and like uh, as Dan said, they had a really tough time in the middle of the year, so it was mm. pro- probably quite easy to see a team eighteen out there mm. winning races, mm. particularly mm. when they, you know, like when the Camaro was the car to have, it was obviously helping, you know, their results a little bit as well, and and hindering Grove Racing. So I guess it probably made a whole bunch of sense at the time he made the decision. Fast forward a little bit and you'd go, maybe I should have banked on that one-year contract and gone out there and, and, and seen where this team goes. But, you know, uh, there was a lot of talk around that time that, you know, they, they were just trying to do a one-year deal with Dave so it might open the door for Groves to lure an Anton. Mm. Very close with the Groves or a Cam Waters or something. So, you know, when you're hearing that sort of noise as a driver, you know, I can understand that you go, do I really want to stay for a year when mm. there's always talk these guys are courting someone else? They end up going and doing a multi-year deal with Richie Stanaway anyway, which... Mm. I hope we'll come to it in a minute. Of course, of course. Very excited about that. Mm. But, um, yeah, I'm sure Dave would be driving that car at the moment and going, yeah, wow, these guys are are just getting better and better. But let's get through parity testing. Let's see how the two brands roll out next Mm. year. You know, I think that's... um, I think that's, you know, we don't really know how that's all going to sit. But, yeah, Mm. interesting timing for Dave. You're right about that. Uh, there is that age-old saying about um, actions speak louder than words, right? So the people they have put in place behind the scenes in all, in all sorts of ways, these have been great ingredients that they are now reaping the benefits of, aren't they? Yeah, uh, David Couch, he's the team principal down there. They've got one of his old colleagues from Triple Eight, Grant McPherson, as the, uh, as the technical director. They've got a lot of smart people. They've They've invested, um, you know, since the gradual takeover of what was Kelly Racing and you're starting to see that they are reaping those rewards now. Um, obviously, you can't design a better mousetrap in this day and age in supercars, so they've really focused on on getting the smarts and you can see that start to pay dividends and, and the upswing mm. late in the season and obviously the Mustang was tweaked, but Grove is has arguably made the most of so that, that since those changes mm, came in for Gold yeah. Coast. Mm. I mean, these are people in a, in a business sense that are uh, successful with a very winning mindset. Buying into supercars like this wasn't just a, a toy to go motor racing. They've proven um, very, very serious about this, haven't they? I think they're just competitive people. Like people. Steve, and mm. Steve, Steve and Brenton are just competitive guys. Mm. No, they, love, they love their racing. They go racing themselves and they take that very seriously as well. So... Mm. Um, it was always this team was always going to head in that direction at some point when they did get all the ingredients right because they are just race car guys mm. and they are competitive guys and they're very successful in every aspect of what they do you know and that's what you look at you don't get the resource to go buy a race team if you're not pretty clever mm. and you don't know how to go out there and build a business you know mm. um, they've done that they're very successful in the business world that's given them the resource to buy a race team and to hire these people mm. and. Sh- you just it's tough to bet against them being successful in this arena as well because yep. that's who they are. Mm. Still more that we want to talk about on this subject in a minute from the likes of Richie Sanaway to their, their 2024 potential. But at Adelaide, once the season wrapped up, Dan caught up with Stephen Grove to talk about the year that was and what's in the pipeline. We're here with Grove Racing owner Stephen Grove for a bit of a chat about how Grove Racing's 2023 season went and what we can expect from them in 2024. So, Stephen, welcome to you. Uh, a good start to the year, Davey getting pole in Newcastle. Then there was a dip, but it's finished pretty strongly. How do you, uh, how do you assess your season in 2023? 
Yeah, listen, it's been good because we've built, and the main thing for us is to build, and we always were looking 24-25. Uh, it was a good start from Newcastle, and then we had some things not quite go our way. We always had a bit of what we thought is speed in the car, and we've continued to develop that. But listen, in hindsight, it's not such a bad thing because it's made us really dig deep and, and try and set the, the, the systems in place to, to, to look forward to 2024. And there's been literally some building. You've been working on the workshop. You've got, you know, Matt Payne's done his rookie season now. There's some off-season stuff to try and get these Mustangs up to parity with the Camaro. What can we expect from you and what's going to be that next step for Grove Racing? Well, for us, I mean, it's a super competitive field, but for us, hopefully we get through the, the end of this parity, the parity issues and get them sorted for 2024. And then for us, we should be, you know, trying to really fight for top five, you know, every round, every race. That's, that's certainly where we want to be and we want to sort of be trying to challenge for championships. Is the championship challenge then realistic in 2024? Yeah, I think so. I mean, to win the... The, the overall team's championship, you need two really on their game drivers and, and, I, and I'm extremely confident we'll have that with, with Richie and Matty next year. So, yeah, I think that's that, that's a real opportunity for us. And, and Richie, we know that he's uh, he's an interesting character sometimes. You, you've signed him up. What's it going to take to get the best out of him? Well, we just need to build this, you know, the team around him. We're building him a brand new car. We need to give him the resources. I mean, he's a huge talent. He'll be fast in the car, and we've just got to make sure that he has all of the tools he needs to get it done, and, and I have no doubt. I mean, I've spent some time with Richie, and he's a great guy, and, and, and I'm very confident we'll push on. We'll open it up a bit. When you, uh, when you bought into Kelly Racing back two or three years ago now, uh, you identified, I think, the TV deal and Gen 3 as two of the key reasons for doing that. Gen 3, it's been... A rocky road. What have they got right? What still needs to be fixed? Yeah, I think, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but in business you always need to go back and, and have a look at lessons learned. The lesson learned, I think, from my my own perspective is there probably wasn't strong enough uh, leadership there at the time to, to just really pull everybody together. You had two different homologation teams, and the way that the documentation was written, they were to follow the process but you really needed somebody to stand up at the top and bring it all together. And I think we've lost some opportunities. I think we're back on track. I think the aero will do well. The, the engine, um, a dyno is an important thing, but yeah, I think it took too long and I think they lacked the, you know, the leadership they needed to get the job done. I guess to pick up on that, then there's been a bit spoken about Tim Edwards moving into that general manager of motorsport position. Then what do you make of that? Yeah, listen, I think that's a good outcome for, for the category, I think that's really good. We're coming to the back end now. Um, the good thing is he's seen it from, from the forward side and he's seen the issues that we've had. Um, so he'll be able to adapt. I'm pretty sure he's gonna go over and do the wind tunnel uh, work for us. Uh, so I, yeah, I think it's a great move. I, I think it's, it's really good. Okay, and uh, obviously Supercars isn't the only arena that you play in, big in GT3s. Um, what can we expect from the Grove program there in 2024? Yeah, from, from 2024, we're going to get into a Mercedes, a GT3 Mercedes. We've just thought that we might change. I've been running Porsches for a long, long time. We think the package is really good for a Pro-Am. Um, so we've decided to move to, to Mercedes. We'll do Abu Dhabi in a couple of weeks in the Porsche. And then we take possession of a new GT3 uh, that will run uh, in Dubai 24 hour. And then we'll, we'll bring it to Bathurst 12 hour. Okay, so we can expect you and Brenton in the car. Do we see, you know, Matt and Richie driving the Merc during the year as well? 
Well, listen, it's big. I want to, I want both drivers to do as much driving as they can within a certain arena, you know. Um, I'm not sure whether rally's the right arena. You know, we need to keep them safe and fit and healthy. But, yeah, we want to adapt those guys. We want to get them into the car. Awesome, Rob. Stephen Grobe, thanks for your time on the KTM Summer Grill. No problem. Naturally, Richie Stanaway is... Uh fantastic acquisition for them I, yep. I just on a personal note i just love the fact that he's getting a second crack at this he absolutely deserves it doesn't he i am an unashamed richie stanaway fan Man. i like mm. the guy and i think he is a remarkable driver mm. um i think if i ran triple eight i would have put him in the 97 mm. next year that's mm. what i would have done i understand the risks involved in that and mm. this is a risk for the groves as well because we can't hide from the fact that, you know, there was there was issues with Richie's attitude and his application and mm. stuff when he had his first crack at supercars. There was also a whole bunch of factors that don't often get talked about, like the fact that, you know, we've seen that fourth tick for car never really be competitive, mm. you know, and we've had Declan Fraser in that car this year. He wins the Super 2 Championship and has really struggled to get anything going there. Um, that 2018 was actually... Quite a tough year for Tickford as a whole. Mm. So the team wasn't in good form, you know. Like Mark Winterbottom was struggling. You know, hang on, Frosty was still there, eighteen, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Mark Winterbottom was struggling to get top. Chaz Mostert was struggling to get top tens. So you know, all of this stuff sort of obviously led to a breakdown of the relationship between Richie and the team. Mm. On the flip side, I think Richie does need, you know, a bit like Shane. He does. He does need to be managed in the right way because mm. he's introverted. You know, he doesn't – he's not like a Chas Mostert who just will happily go out to a bunch of people and mm. interact and do all that stuff. Mm. That's quite draining for Richie. So mm. um, there was obviously, you know, he, there, there were there, that, that was an issue as well uh, and he could have handled some things better in that respect and he knows that. Then he went to GRM, another team that was horribly out of form, um, partnered with another ex inexperienced driver. I think if it had been Richie Stanaway and Gar Tander at that team – 2019, it could have been a very different story mm. there as well. Um, so, you know, it's th th this move by the Groves does come with risk. Rich Richie has to prove mm. that he's not going to fall into some of his old habits in terms mm. of his behaviour and, and attitude and application. But it's a risk with a massive reward. Mm. Like, if he, if he does come with the right attitude and he does come with the confidence and really puts it all on the line, mm. the guy's as good as anyone out there. You know, he, he is he, he's an A-plus driver. The uh, guy's massively talented. Early indications are version two, he's come back a different human being, right? And he's applying yep. himself in all the right ways. And it feels like the Groves are giving him the framework that, yep. that Andrew's talking about in order to to operate in a in a richy way that, that he feels comfortable with and, and to, to deliver. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the key word is structure. You mentioned the fourth Tickford car. It's kind of, yeah. Uh, Gary Rogers Motorsport is a... They're different cats. They're, they're racers, but they go about things differently. Grove, I think he'll have that structure where uh, where he'll be able to just do his thing as a race car driver. He's obviously, you know, he was one step below Formula One. They go about things quite differently there. I think the other thing is that the Groves understand that. They've done their gentleman racing, but they've operated in these environments with Porsche factory support and the mm. factory drivers. I, I think there's an understanding there of what makes drivers like Richie Stanaway tick. So I think they're going to be able to give him 
that environment that is really conducive to him doing his best work. I totally agree with that. They do un- they, they've got that kind of European style of running the team at Groves, which I think will work really well for Richie. Um, and, and Matt Payne's quite introverted as well. Like, he's not a out-there Larry sort of guy, so he probably requires a bit Privately of Privately, he's very funny. So, yeah, he's yeah. very funny. <laughs> uh, if anyone hasn't seen the, uh, the TikTok that Supercars <laughs> did at the gala... Uh, please go and watch that well, because, so, yeah. but you know, I, I, yeah, Matt's a great person and, and a great personality. But yeah, he's a, he's just a he's just a different type of dude as well. Mm. You know, he's um, and I think that their experience with working with him and getting the best out of him will help with doing exactly the same with Richie. And I just I just want this to work for mm. Richie because, like I say, I, I just I, I like the guy. I think he's copped a lot of flack unfairly, and I think that in the right environment, man, what a driver! Mm. Like what a driver! And I mean. That Triple Eight experience won't be bad either because he knows how they set those cars up. You mm. know, um, he'll arrive there and go, "Hey, let's try this and this." And yeah, just such a fascinating uh, move by that team, and one you know bravery that should be applauded. Mm. Agreed. A couple to finish uh, or to get us to the finish line of this of this conversation. Firstly. Um, the continued involvement of Garth Tander, and secondly, they're one of the few in the pit lane to actually invest in bringing international drivers to the Enduros. We would love them to kind of keep doing that, wouldn't well, that, we? Well, that's like, I think we, that's a bit of the outside of the box thinking thinking that we yeah. see from them, and that is the understanding that, you know, it's not all about the miles that someone's done in a supercar, which, again, when we come back to talking about managing Richie and that, that's... I guess that's that's sort of what we're referencing is that there is a slightly different mindset inside that team than perhaps mm. other teams. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Stephen Grove he's just told us in that grab there that he's, they're going to be racing Mercedes next year, but he he thinks really highly of what Porsche does in motorsport as well. So he's he's seen guys like Kevin Estre, like Matt Campbell, and it just shows the level that these sorts of drivers are at, and they're doing it every second week, so they get getting. Plenty of seat time, so yeah, it, it's a it's a proven formula for them now, and mm. it's just fun to see a team taking risks. Mm. You know, like we don't necessarily see a whole lot of it because there is so much on the line at these big races. You mm. know, and it's just fun seeing a team take a risk on Matt Payne mm. and take a risk on Richie Stanaway and take a risk on being, bringing Kevin Estre out. Like it's, you know, we, we we talk about the entertainment side of the sport, like that all plays into that. We need interesting storylines, and mm. the Groves just love providing them for us. Mm. To finish. Can they? I mean, we've seen them end the year with a couple of podiums, Gold Coast and, and Adelaide. Um, I think clearly everything is there for them, providing what happens in, in America in terms of this testing goes the right way, for them to be a genuine regular force here. Regular's the key because mm-hmm. consistency has been the issue for the last couple of years. There's been points where you go, yeah, these guys have got it, they're there, and then it just goes away. So that's what we, that's what we need to see. Next year, we need to see consistency. The trajectory is obviously good. Um, it'll be fascinating to see who comes out best of, of the Ford teams, and they're probably going to say that 2023 was an asterisk year for them. Um, yeah, I, I expect them to hit the ground running, to be honest, in, wow. in 2024. All right, boys, well done. Nice to chat about the rise of, uh, of another front-running team in the, uh, in the Supercars paddock. We are done for this edition of the KTM Summer Grill, but there is still a whole lot more to come in terms of our summer offering, all brought to you by KTM, ready to race, right here at speedcafe.com. 
You could be a winner each episode of the Summer Grill. KTM are giving you the chance to win a bar stool, a mug, and this race-inspired clock as well. So there's more good reasons to tune in and hear from some of the stars of world motorsport here as a part of the KTM Summer Grill. All you gotta do is click on the link below, fill in your details, and you could be in the running to win.